0: 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. That's 800-867-6917.
1: It's Rick Tittle!
2: Hey, thank you for that, and welcome to another live edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. How's it going? How's it going there? We're going to talk for three hours, but don't think about it in the three-hour chunk. That might be too much to take in. Just think about it segment by segment. We're going to do a little open there, and then we're going to go to a little commercial, and we're going to come back with Robert Smigel. Great to have him again. He's at SketchFest. And it's funny, I was looking for him on Twitter, and he's not on Twitter. But Triumph is on Twitter. That's where I should have been looking. <laughs> Triumph, the incel dog. He's Triumph, I-C-D-H-Q. Um, but yes, we'll talk to uh, Robert, as I said, to uh, start off the show. As it is a Tuesday, we will check in with Karen Lyle from salesporttalk.com in about a half hour. We always do it at 940 Pacific. And uh, Bruce Marshall, Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insider, and he'll talk NHL with me at 10-12. Uh, at 11-12, we'll catch up with pro-wagering and uh, <laughs> most likely J.D. Sharp. We'll talk about those last two wildcard games last night. And then uh, in the third hour as well, we'll have Robert Carradine. <laughs> you remember him from Revenge of the Nerds? I remember him from a couple other movies. One in the 80s and one in the 70s, uh, and we'll get into that as well. Do an app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, um, around the world on American Forces Network, 500 outlets, 177 countries. You're doing a great job. Stay safe. Come home soon. We're proud of you. Keep up the good work. CRN Digital Plus Two, the cable radio network channel two, and your cable provider. Very surreal experience of listening to me in your TV set, there's a vine of me riding a unicycle with no seat. Do you remember vines? They're like eight seconds long and they would loop? Maybe not. Uh, Twitter or X at Rick Tittle, Tittle Sports with Rick Tittle on Facebook. So we got Robert Smigel on the other side. Come on back on Sports
3: Byland. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills.
0: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline.
2: Hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's great to welcome back to the show Robert Smigel, who's has created so many hilarious moments in American TV, and uh, he's going to be in town here Sunday at the Castro for part of Sketchfest. It's Triumph, the insult comic dog, Let's Make Poop, at uh, 8 p.m., Robert, welcome back to the show. And when you're on stage, are you just standing there with Triumph at the end of the arm, or are you kind of like this mum and Shantz, like wearing black behind behind a curtain type of thing?
7: I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, don't ruin it for the kids. This is Triumph talking to you. <laughs> Triumph, himself. Forget the nerd with the growing out of my butt. I'm excited, <laughs> man. I am so excited to be back on the rink. Peter Shaw My God. Who's kidding who? This is the lowest point in my career since I was molested by
2: Alf. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest show ever. No for me, for me to, poop on. to
7: poop on. Yeah, No, no, <laughs> no. I don't want to bore your listeners with uh, old catchphrases. Excuse me, uh, your listener. <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> no, who's kidding who Who's kidding who? I've got conch shells with more listeners than you.
2: <laughs> I know. When my Listen, dad passed away uh, a few I'm years ago.
7: Be,
8: I, go ahead. I'm
2: just excited to... No, no, no. no set me up whatever you want. <laughs> so, uh, Triumph, good. I know that... Uh, you know, Yay. Skip Bayless, he's a, uh, of course, national sports figure, and he's a huge Cowboys yes, fan, and he, he always makes a big thing about throwing away his Cowboy gear. I, I saw you uh, you voice that. It was pretty hilarious.
7: Yes, I had the pleasure of directing, Skip. Uh, that's on my uh, Instagram account. I guess you can't play any of it because it's uh, filthy, I suppose. Is that Now, correct? for you... <laughs> <laughs> No, you you know, Skip is, is, uh, 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 I can't say it. You told me not to curse, so I I, I have no other adjectives for Skip that are listenable. But uh, I'm excited to be back uh, in San Francisco. It's a great town, not only for me to poop on, but apparently for many humans to poop on. I was just going to say there's enough people to do. Yeah, you make uh, you really made me feel at home last time. I, I mean, uh, honestly, the streets are so full of crap. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy said they should be president.
2: <laughs> That's pretty good. I gotta uh, ask: the cigars are those like uh, Swisher sweets, or are those like Cubans?
7: No, those are real cigars. But I don't, kids don't smoke cigars; only use them for props coming uh, No, that's all. It's just for props. Now, it's going to be a great night in San Francisco. It's just going to be great to see so many people coming together for something other than robbing luxury stores in Union Square.
2: <laughs> yes, driving cars into them, um, running in en masse. Yeah, that's our tradition Bad here now, unfortunately.
7: That too. Yeah, and I'm playing a very exciting game. Let's make a poop. Let's make a poop. Uh, Now, Weird Al
6: is part of this?
7: Yes, Weird Al. Oh, my God. So many fans are excited to see Weird Al. You know, I mean, the guy's a legend. I mean, countless people have kept their virginity to his music.
2: (laughs) Now that's a good one. (laughs)
7: uh, Yeah, and we have uh, also Adam Savage, uh, whoever Mm. that is. (laughs) Guy, who, he's the host of Mythbusters. Yeah, Mythbusters. Um, mm-hmm. that's, had that's, him on the show, maybe. A, yeah, he's perfect for anyone who loves science and hates looking at people with chins, <laughs> whatever that meant. See, because he doesn't have a chance. And we ask questions, you know, we ask, uh, we play like a Jeopardy game, mm. and uh, you know, so that's the fun It's like you. We, we play the Jeopardy answer, and you have to guess the question. You want to play? Sure. Okay, so uh, it's questions like this. Donald Trump said he'll do this, but only on the first day of his presidency.
2: And that is? Go ahead.
7: You guess. You have to guess.
2: Oh, uh have another insurrection.
7: No, uh, sorry. He only, only do this on the first day of his presidency. What is touch your Bible?
2: Oh, sorry! First day of the original president. <laughs> That's right. Of new
7: Yeah, no, he gets sworn <laughs> in. Okay, we'll try another one. Okay. In 2023, sorry. Twenty twenty three. Sales of Bud Light dropped significantly due to this.
2: Uh, trans person.
7: No. What is Ben Affleck having a dry January? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you see, because he drinks a lot of things. I'm not very good to okay. to say what is the form of a question, yes.
7: Congress fears it won't be able to keep
2: this from spreading. What won't be able to? Uh, Congress fears it won't be able to keep oh. this from spreading. What is COVID-19? What are Lauren Boebert's legs?
7: <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden got some Democrat ones, too. Joe Biden's 2024 campaign... Is focused on saving this.
2: What is the economy?
7: What is his last original tooth? <laughs> <laughs> because
2: he's old. All right, enough of me. Hi,
7: how are you, Rick?
2: <laughs> I'm doing all right. It's, it's pretty just, good. You burnt just me. You, you just it's burned just half me. the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, People your show.
7: Like <laughs> oh my show. No, no, no. There's hours of jokes I got.
2: That's all right. You know, Besides, I was uh, No
7: one's listening. I'm back. Remember, no one is here. I'm all set.
2: Okay, back to me. All right, back Number to uh back to, I we got Robert there just Robert. for a a, a microsecond there. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> So it's interesting, you're a New York guy, but all the time you spent in Chicago, of course, with the, the, the beer sketch and all that, it's uh you do you a, have an affinity yeah. for the Chicago teams?
7: I do. I went. I, I my favorite years in film business were just learning how to do sketch comedy in Chicago and and meeting people and starting a group there. And I met my wife there. And I love Chicago. It's my favorite city, it really is. Uh, it's just got the right balance. I love San Francisco, too, actually. New York is where I grew up, and it's just a little overwhelming. I like kind of medium-sized towns that are still interesting enough. But, yeah, Chicago is where I uh, first went to a Cubs game and a Sox game, and everybody there at the time was wearing, uh, had aviator shades and a walrus mustache, you know, that badge of virility that they had back then, and, and they just had that attitude my friend. Like there's no doubt about it. Dax bears, they're the best.
2: Inevitable. It's uh and and I'm sure after all these years too, I mean well, last
7: night at the Emmys last night at the Emmys, who swept my friend? That bear. That bear. <laughs> <Six> <laughs>
8: Emmys. Mini
2: Bears twenty one, Ditka one hundred and five. Right. <laughs> Man, so uh, we're running out of time. What are people in store for? They're in store. For, the Castro Theater is massive, and you're going to get Weird Al. You mentioned Savage. What What else are we going to get, Robert?
7: Well, So we're going to get the game, and we're going to have Weird Al Savage. We have a surprise guest, another surprise guest that I can't mention. Rick but, Kittle. Uh, it's a very, he's very funny uh, to some people. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to sing a lot of Weird Al's, uh parodies, or at least the Triumph, the uh, members them.
2: Yeah, instead of so Eat gonna, It, you
7: can sing Poop It. Uh, well, you'll see. You'll see. If you come, we'll have Weird Al parody songs sung by Triumph, sung by uh, other special guest stars that I also can't mention. You're just going to have to show up. You can also stream the show, apparently. Hmm. But. I don't have that <laughs>
2: information on me. <laughs> but we can check it but, out at sketchfest.com for tickets. Yes, you can go to uh, as I said. Uh, and you, yeah, the 21st at 8 p.m. Triumph the, the the yeah, Triumph, Triumph, in Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Let's make a poop with the great Let's Robert make a poop. Smigel. Robert at Triumph, always great having you on, buddy. Really appreciate you. Have a great time when you're in town. Watch out for that poop.
7: Uh, okay, good advice. Thank you.
2: <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. I'm Rick Tuttle. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back on Sports By Life.
0: Eight hundred seven six zero one eight four five. 760 1845 That's eight hundred seven six zero eighteen forty five. 760 1845 Do
10: you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Right now
0: paid for by steel man pills 800-965-1295 800-965-1295 800-965-1295 that's 800-965-1295
3: people ask me were you uh you know were you, were you must have been the class clown and i say uh no i wasn't but i sat beside the class clown and i i studied him
10: Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
2: Uh, I feel bad about that now. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Well, obviously, we had uh, two more playoff games yesterday. Playoffs. And um, we saw how it went down. And um, we have uh, the Eagles who solidified... Their place in history as one of the great collapses, one of the great slides of all time. When you think about being 10 and 1 and then scraping yourself into the playoffs, playoffs, and then losing. Do you see like that Kevin Hart now got Jim Mora? There's some commercial now where he's doing that playoffs it's for Doritos or I don't know what it is. <clears throat> but we saw the fact that uh, they solidified their chokiness. and uh, Tampa Bay are advancing in the divisional round. And the really the score is, is isn't even as uh, indicative as you might think of uh, of what it was thirty two to nine. And I, you know these playoff games have been. For the most part, really lame. There hasn't been a lot of drama in this. <laughs> and What do they throw in the word super? I thought super was just for the bowl. The super wild card weekend, <clears throat> which is, I don't know, it was not super at all. What do we have? One, one good game, and that was the Lions <laughs> and the Rams. So Tampa Bay is advancing, and the Bucks just marched up on the up and down the field all night. Um, you know, it's kind of weird seeing people wearing short sleeves in every other game. It was like it was in Antarctica, but um, 32 points. Uh, Baker Mayfield. It seemed like every pass he threw was was just dropped, and they got three field goals instead of three touchdowns. Really, and you think about. Uh, how much more the score would have been. and But Tampa Bay racked up 426 yards, more than six yards per play. That's their third best game all year. Uh, When it comes to yards, 23 first downs. That's the most all season for them. They did not turn the ball over one time. And Baker Mayfield, as I said, we shouldn't be surprised. He was the number one overall pick. It's just that he has been discarded a few times. And I bring it up again when he came to the Rams with no practices and beat the Raiders. He, most people said, oh, my gosh, McVay a genius. We well, got to give the guy credit. He threw for 337 yards and three touchdowns. He spread the ball around nine different receivers. David Moore, Trey Palmer, Chris Godwin all found the end zone. You had Rashad White, who was running efficiently enough. And even the special teams unit was doing well. Chase McLaughlin hit all of his field goals. Uh, even Jake Camarda, the punter, got all three of his punts inside the 20. But for Philadelphia, the offense just struggled all night. You know, they their second play from scrimmage, they got a first down. But they were third. They were down 13 to nothing the next time they got a first down. And they did not convert a single third down opportunity all night. And I remember when I was in college, I had a friend. She said, I have a question to ask you, and it's about football, and I'm kind of embarrassed. I go, what? She goes, I don't know what third down conversion means. I'm like, oh, that just means can you get a first down? She's like, thank you. I go, don't worry. There are terms that I still – I don't know. But yeah, they were 0 for 9. Third down conversion, 0%. And, you know, the the Buccaneers, uh, I you just talk about having an effective blitz. They're blitzing all night. And Jalen Hurts was out of sync and off balance. And the Eagles kept calling pass plays over and over and over again when they really didn't have to. They sort of abandoned the run game. But, yeah, the Bucks got out to an early lead and that's pretty much all they needed is the Eagles were non-competitive for most of the night and we kept hearing about Ampa has no pass defense. Well, they showed up pretty good outside of Devonte Smith, who of course the Heisman Trophy winner, very good player as well. But the Bucks run defense was good whenever Philly did try to run the football and and Philly's secondary. Man, they were inept, but it just, it just seemed really that the Eagles and I think it was was Troy Aikman doing the game, but who the color commentator said the Eagles showed up and they had already lost. Like he said, he saw it in pregame. They just weren't all that interested. And the defense was awful from the jump and just the, you know, the just Tampa Bay driving the ball all the way down the field. And they kept a point. Yeah, it was Trahan because he kept pointing out the worst tackling you'll ever see. But that's really just the NFL now. You try to bump somebody down. You try to run into him really hard and hope that he falls down. The football is so much different now than when I watched it <clears throat> in the '70s and '80s. No one wears knee pads. Even offensive linemen, your pants go up over your knees, and it's a sport where you're probably on your knees on every play. And yet no one's interested in having knee pads on. And so now you have these very, very light shoulder pads. And so no one wants to tackle. Because I can tell you from playing D2 football as as a defensive player, tackling hurts. (laughs) Football hurts. You're going to feel a lot of pain. So they just try to bump you. And so there was just criminal... Uh, diabolical tackling by the Eagles. And there was sort of a turning point in the opening drive. Mayfield passed over the middle for Kate Auten. Should have been a touchdown, fell incomplete. And the Eagles had a chance to make things interesting, but they had a fourth and two on their own 44-yard line. And Nick Sirianni got grief because he sent out the punt team. But why wouldn't you punt? that's the thing. But, um, you know, the, the Buccaneers now, <clears throat> they're the ones that are going to be going to Detroit and man on paper, that is a snoozer bucks at Detroit, <laughs> but it is a playoff game. So we'll be interested, uh, and the lions. I'm, I don't know I can look at the line of the lions. I'm sure it's going to be Huge. But for Philly, I mean, the season is over and there could be some significant changes, especially to the offense. And Jason Kelsey, people's sexiest man with a gut and a beard. He is, uh, you know, somebody said, well, what would be the appealing thing? And, And like, I know what girls like, but it's like, what's the appealing thing about Jason Kelsey? I go, well, he's college educated and he's a millionaire. And it reminded me of that Norm MacDonald line when he was on The View and Joy Behar goes, why would any girl want to go out with you? And he goes, I have a lot of money. (laughs) And they all laughed. But Kelsey is a free agent. Fletcher Cox is a free agent. Brandon Graham is a free agent. Those are all old guys. But then DeAndre Swift as well. Uh, So, like, every team is going to be facing uh, things like that. But the Eagles are now the fourth team in history to not convert a third down conversion, which is uh, pretty horrendous if if you think about it. And, you know, as I said, I was talking about this with J.D. Sharp yesterday. Big Mo, big Mo is momentum. And it's just absolutely horrifying to watch it happen. And then late on the game, Darius Slay laid on the ground forever. And he finally got up and walked off. But it was almost like this massive, you know, over 100 guys getting together to pray for him. And if you're an Eagles fan, you just say, what went wrong? You know, I kind of experienced this when Hugh Jackson was the head coach of the Raiders. And they only had to win one of their last four games to make the playoffs. And they lost all four. It was New Year's Day against San Diego at home. And they lost that. And just the boos came raining down all right we'll come back do a little sailing with karen lyle and salesporttalk.com come on back on sports byline
13: What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-771-4125. That's 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125. Forty-one twenty-five.
14: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC rechargeable, priced at only two hundred and ninety-seven dollars for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra high quality, ultra reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids.
0: That's 800-278-1738.
4: Hi, my name is Alani. A little thing I like about the Spicy Deluxe Sandwich is that you taste the crunch, you taste the pepper jack cheese melting, and you taste the spicy flavors in the sandwich. I'm telling you, 10 out of 10.
15: Hi, my name's Enrique. A little thing I love about Chick-fil-A's Spicy Deluxe Sandwich is you get that rich flavor of the chicken and definitely that nice, tangy, warm bite. It's the perfect
10: harmony of spiciness and taste. Order the Spicy Deluxe Sandwich on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real guests paid for their testimonials.
2: right, Uh, thank you for that and welcome back to the show. It's 9.40 on a Tuesday. That's when we check in with our friend Karen Lyle from salesporttalk.com and uh, she uh, gets into the segment by co-hosting with me. How are you doing, Karen?
16: I'm doing fantastic, Rick, and just very excited to talk about the 2024 landscape for um, professional and amateur racing with Don Riley.
2: Well, let's uh, go ahead and bring in our guest. It's great to have her back once again. It is Don Riley. And uh, Don Riley was inducted into the uh, Sailing Hall of Fame in 2022, and um, someone who has competed in the Whitbread and the America's Cup and just about everything you can think of. She was the captain on the, the Maiden, as we talked about as well. Don, welcome back to the show. Didn't you proclaim as a teenager something like to the effect of, I will conquer the world, right?
11: (laughs) (laughs) I think I got to, I will take over the world of sailing later. But I did say when I was a teenager that I was going to race in the America's Cup and around the world. I think I said skipper the America's Cup. So there you go. Check. Awesome.
16: So Don, we first met when you were here with the maiden uh, in its visit to the Bay Area in 2019, and you were on that um, that historic um, first woman's um, team that that won the Whitbread Round the World Race. Are you following Heather as she goes around the uh, with the maiden again in the Whitbread race currently?
11: Yeah, just to clarify, we were second. We won the two hardest legs, but we finished second overall. Uh, Of course, I'm following it. We're on group WhatsApp with the current team and then everybody who sailed with uh, Maiden or with Tracy Edwards ever. And then we have an internal just the Maiden original team. So we have a lot of uh, inside scoop and fun commentary and old pictures of when we had no wrinkles
2: Take us back to that, because the boat, I feel like the the maiden isn't as big as you might think, and it was originally the the Prestige, right?
11: Well, the boat's 58 feet long, and she's seaworthy. It's, it's kind of weird, now that I'm almost 60, uh, to be able to look back and see the evolution of the heavier boats that were seaworthy. They weren't as... Um, easy to sail as say a TP-52 but they were much more robust when you know everything went poorly uh, or as the British say when it all turned to custard uh, so it's, it's interesting to see the evolution but that boat is still very very uh, seaworthy and robust and then we're on the other end of the spectrum where you have the America's Cup which of course was in San Francisco and now has evolved into foiling boats which are not something I recognize anymore <laughs>
16: But, Don, you are also training the upcoming uh, professional sailors who are competing on those foiling boats. Um, How is it that um, the Oak Cliff Sailing Program goes about preparing sailors to be professional racers in the America's Cup and SailGP and the FastNet races in, in circumnavigations? Right. So we've been, Oak Cliff Sailing's been
11: here um, for 14 years. We're located in Oyster Bay, just outside of New York City, and it's uh, working better than we even planned. And we start from, like right now, we have Winter Sapling, which is where people come in and they pay hardly any tuition basically just covers some of their room and board, that's all included. And they learn about composites and rigging and PR and negotiations of contracts and all of the business and the technical side. And that woven throughout that is our mission, which is building American leaders through sailing. So it is a graduate school, which is part business school, part apprenticeship. And then the sporting part of it comes in more in the summer but summer here starts in April and finishes at the beginning of November. So it's a long sailing season and um, like it's amazing the opportunities we have the Bermuda race right now from Newport to Bermuda. We probably are going to have five boats. We could have seven boats in that. So that's well over a hundred people, some trainees, some professional sailors already that are coming back to coach and give back. We're going to do the Mackinac and the great lakes. Um, We have, we just finished with coaching for the Olympic trials for a couple of classes in Miami. And then we have some people going down and competing, hopefully, for the trials and the lasers. It's it just everywhere we go, there's something happening. And it's hard to put it into a soundbite because it's difficult to walk down any dock in season and not see an Oak Cliff sticker, T-shirt, or human.
2: Yeah, it's interesting with the Whitbread, which, of course, was sponsored by Whitbread, the the, the brewery, and I know it was called mm-hmm. Volvo for a little bit, but basically just the ocean race. And I know it began in Portsmouth in the 70s, but now, you know, you're starting off in Spain uh, and you, they uh, they finished up in Genoa. So I just think about coming through the Straits of Gibraltar is very mm-hmm. dramatic.
11: Absolutely. And the 11th Hour Racing Team that won, Charlie Enright, our graduate. So they started with us 14 years ago. Uh, the core of the team actually started with Roy Disney and Morning Light, which is a movie that if anybody is interested, they should watch that. Maiden's Good. There's some really great documentaries that show, and we were able to ex- share the evolution of sailing in the past 20 years.
16: Would you say that there is a personality um difference, I mean, preference between those who who race in, in races like the America's Cup um, and those who are racing in the circumnavigations around the world, especially solo circumnavigations.
11: Absolutely. There's personalities that are better suited. When I was doing it, you would sail offshore and an inshore, like an America's Cup, would say, oh, you're not qualified for America's Cup because you're an offshore sailor and vice versa. So I was one of the first ones that crossed over between the two, obviously man or woman. And nowadays it's still, there's more crossover, including the Olympics. But from personality type, which was your question, a hundred percent when you're out around the world, you need to be extremely determined. You need to not feel pain. You need to be patient. You need to be curious Because you need to always be adjusting the sails and trying to figure out and very aware of your senses, like the way a wave's coming, or why are those birds there, or the sky's looking strange, even with all the technology today. In the America's Cup, you can be a little less compatible with your teammates if you have, there's a little more opportunity for that creative brilliance, but a little bit of a jerk. That doesn't go for offshore. So there's different personality types for depending on where you're going to excel.
2: Rick Dittle and Karen Lyle with Don Riley. A couple more questions. Um, I was wondering if you could comment, if you know, um, about Sir Peter Blake, who was yes. in the Steinlogger, too. He was one of the Blakey, as they called him, sort of like in, in, in Capture, the the beginnings of the Whitbread. And, and uh, I love his quote, you'll probably be frightened at times, scared, worried. You'll hate it. You'll absolutely despise the fact that you're involved. And when you get to the finish, you'll know why, because there's nothing like it. It gets in the blood, and you can't get rid of it. And then, like twenty years ago, he was killed by pirates. I mean, like yes. what? What was that all about?
11: Well, he was he was a very good friend of mine. Um, I was engaged to a guy that raced on his boat. Uh, his whole family, Pippa and Sarah Jane, um, are still good friends, and Robert are still good friends. The pirates he had gone from where he was done racing around the world and done with the america's cup and he was looking for the next great uh passion and jacques cousteau called him and asked him to take over his exploration uh i think the boat was actually called explorer and they were in the amazon and people pirates came on board and were trying to james rather his son were he was protecting his son james and was shot and killed oh it God. was horrible obviously tragic the amazing thing is the sir peter blake trust in new zealand is still continuing its work both of his kids are still passionate about the sport which you can imagine could have gone the other way um so his legacy lives on strongly about that
2: quote though i mean like does that sort of speak to you too it's just like the worst time of your life until it's not
11: (laughs) (laughs) we'll see when it's not you forget about the worst time it was funny uh
2: like labor, raced,
11: yeah, exactly. We raced to Bermuda last year, and just had two years ago had just like a crappy race. It was uncomfortable, and we weren't doing well. And the last morning, the sun came up. It was tropical, and I and I don't have children, and I just shared with the whole team of twenty four. I was like, "Wow, the Bermuda race must be like childbirth. It really sucks when when it's over. You go, isn't it beautiful?" <laughs> <laughs>
16: Looking so, yes. forward to
11: 2024. Peter Blake 2024. was more poetic than I was. <laughs> mm-hmm.
10: <laughs>
16: well, in this in this format of, of Rick and I cha- exchanging questions, I don't always have the chance to follow up um, in the same way because I have my own questions. And I wanted to know um, what your hope is for the future of 2024. If you were looking at one one um, race or or experience that you're looking forward to, what would that be?
11: I have a problem, and I was just talking about this 10 minutes ago, that I need to clone myself because 2024 is the Olympics, the Paris Olympics. It is the America's Cup in Barcelona. It is the Bermuda race. It is the 100th running of the Bayview Mackinac. It is my 60th birthday, which my mother keeps reminding me of. We're going to do a fundraising campaign about that. And then we also have a 12-meter called Courageous, where we're doing um, a program with Newport schools and training people to work on the boat. So the 12-meter, which was the most traditional America's Cup, uh, supported by the Walters family, we are having a diverse team out there on these dinosaurs of a boat, but these kids are learning so much. So we, we aren't changing the face, the look, the face, the tenure. Tenor of the sport of sailing, and hopefully, putting quality leaders in every program. So there is no one thing.
2: there she is the Hall of Famer, Don Riley. Don, always great talking to you, and thanks for your insights as always.
11: Thank you,
16: Don. I think the one thing could be hope, and thank you so much for bringing it to our show. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much.
2: All right, and uh, Karen, good talking to you as well, and uh, we'll see you next week.
16: I always love your questions, Rick. Thanks so much.
2: All right, thank you. I'm Rick Tittle. We will take a quick break and come on back on Sports Byline.
0: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the tax helpline. By noon, I need them 8,000 hens moved into their new cages. Sometimes they don't want to cooperate. But you give them a good shake and they'll settle down for you.
6: Do the chickens have large talons? Do they have
0: what? Large talons. I don't understand a word you just said.
10: about anything else when you've got Rick Tittle on the radio.
2: Totally. All right, a couple minutes left. An hour number one of three. And uh, we'll have Bruce Marshall in the next segment talk a little hockey. Other than that, open lines. 1-800-878-PLAY. A couple of coaching things. I don't know if you saw the press conference after the game when the Steelers lost. Mike Tomlin took the podium and a female reporter, she said, Mike, you have one year left on your contract. And and he immediately just, boom, exit stage left. He just bolted. He did not want any questions about his future. And it was a perfectly fair question she asked, but he didn't want any, so he just was like, I'm out. Which is kind of weird because he's usually more of a stand-up guy, but then again, I mean, the emotions of losing a playoff game. Uh, The other uh, interesting rumor... Like when I talked to Charlie about keeping Antonio Pierce's were Raider fans, that I said you have to bring in an offensive genius. Well, Colin Cowherd on his show said that sources tell him that if they do keep Antonio Pierce, Mark Davis will then hire Cliff Kingsbury to be the offensive coordinator. Of course, Kingsbury a gunslinging quarterback in college in his day and ran some gunslinging and college programs never won anything with those programs. And then he went to Arizona and they gave him the number one overall pick and Kyler Murray and those two together were supposed to take the Cardinals to high places and they didn't. Um, would I be up for it? Yes. They, I would give Kingsbury a chance. But as I said, he has not been a success. He's innovative once again, the proof is in the old pudding there. Remember, they started off, what were they, like, 8-0 and or 9-0? and They were the last undefeated team, and it was like, oh, my gosh, Cliff Kingsbury's the man. Anyway, uh, if you're wondering what he's doing now, his job is with Lincoln Riley over at USC, senior offensive analyst. He's not even a coach. That's just weird. I mean, you just think about it. Why don't you just come over here and be an analyst? It's like, you know what? I was watching the game the other night. If Caleb Williams, maybe if he does like a little jab step before he rolls right, just to get a little misdirection. Thank you for analyzing that. So anyway, that's the rumor there. I almost said in Oakland. <laughs> I probably always will. All right. We have another two hours to go, and you can call and be a part of it. 1-800-878-PLAY. Our email is rick at sportsbyline.com. Come on back.
18: For News, I'm Ryan Daniels. The Iowa caucuses with former President Trump winning the state by a large margin on the Republican side Monday night.
0: This is about starting the process for
19: picking the most powerful human being in the world. This is the model for the entire country.
18: Jeff Kaufman's with the Republican Party of Iowa. Ron DeSantis finished a distant second, followed closely by Nikki Haley in third. Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy chose to bow out of the race after a disappointing finish. On the Democratic side, presidential preference votes were collected by mail-in tally, and will be announced on Super Tuesday, March 5th. An Arctic blast is bringing dangerously low temperatures, wind chills, snow, and ice nationwide this week. The National Weather Service shows there are hazardous cold conditions from states near the border with Canada, south through the Appalachian Mountains, west to Montana, and even into the southern states. In Kentucky, the state roads manager is Jim Gray.
12: We will actually have
19: a force of as many as 2,000 people plus some 1,400 snow plows to deploy around the state.
18: Overnight low temperatures dip far below zero, mainly across the Midwest at the same time. Freezing rain in the Pacific Northwest is creating hazards, especially around Portland, Oregon. The paralyzing cold weather continues to have a significant impact on air travel. According to FlightAware, there were a total of more than 9,000 flight delays through MLK Day Monday. There were another 3,000 or more flight cancellations. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is now out of the hospital following complications from a corrective surgery for prostate cancer. He will reportedly work remotely for a time.
0: Wish you
18: A CD checked out of a Maryland library 35 years ago is finally back home. Staff members found the Pink Floyd CD in a return box on Friday. Luckily for the borrower, the library system went fine free four years ago. This is USA News. The city of Chicago struggling to house illegal immigrants and many local taxpayers are not happy about it either.
11: Chicago spending a whopping $156 million on migrant housing and care since October of 2022 the Biden administration doing absolutely nothing to stop the flow at our southern border with Mexico.
18: USA's Laura Winters reporting. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running for president as an independent candidate on Monday. He told more of the story behind his decision to leave the Democratic Party and ultimately run on a third party ticket during a visit with the Black Information Network in Atlanta.
3: I beat both President Trump and President Biden among young people under 45 years of age, and I beat them in among independent which is now the biggest political party. The White House says a fake
18: 911 call is what prompted an emergency response there Monday morning. The perpetrator claimed during the bogus call that the White House was on fire. Emergency crews and the Secret Service quickly determined that was not the case. President Biden was at Camp David at the time of the prank. Peacock and the NFL celebrating a successful exclusive TV streaming event from over the weekend. The league and NBC's streaming platform teamed up for the most streamed live event in U.S. history with 23 million total views of the Kansas City Chiefs versus Miami Dolphins wildcard playoff game Saturday. And the Chiefs won the game with Taylor Swift watching. I'm Ryan Daniels, USA News.
4: It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen. Call Doran's Publishing right now.
0: 800 485 6003. 800 485 6003. That's 800 485 6003.
3: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
4: I hate that guy!
2: Welcome back to the show. Rick Tuttle with you, coast to coast, around the world, American Forces Radio Network. So Max Crosby made the statement that he doesn't want to be a Raider if they don't hire Antonio Pierce. Then he went on a podcast and he said the Raiders effed it up. Or he told Vic Tay for that, I think. Anyway, he said, we effed it up and we didn't keep Esacha. Okay. So, I mean, we've seen these power plays before. Remember when... Um, Steve Mariucci was at Cal, and then he almost immediately jumped over to the Niners. You know, he was the quarterbacks coach at Green Bay, and you know, uh, Brett Favre was the one that said Mariucci was the reason why I stopped throwing interceptions, why I became the quarterback I am. And Cal hired him, and then immediately DeBartolo was like, "Pisan, come over here," and he's like, "Yes, let's form the with Carmen Policy will form the Italian NFL team." Um, but Cal had this recruit Andre Carter, dad played in the NFL, defensive end, and he said, "I'm gonna go to a different school unless you keep Tom Holmo from the staff." And Tom Holmo had Doug Cosby as his OC, and Tom Holmo was the worst coach in the history of Cal. And I remember that because there was a friend of mine at uh, Byline my guy Reza and he goes homo such a good coach and I was like what <laughs> it's funny the arguments we used to have he goes, he's, he's a really good coach I mean he's the worst coach in the history of Cal in the history of Cal and Cal's had some horrible 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 coaches he goes nah he's a good coach all right well I kind of feel that way about Cliff Kingsbury as I said he's never won Jack although it looked like he was going to win the Super Bowl there for two months when he was in Phoenix, so I don't know. It's just a rumor from uh, Colin Cowherd that. But if they keep Pierce, you have to hire a guy like that that at least has a plan, and uh, not Bo Hardigree or whatever. But they need a quarterback too. I mean, what are you going to do with Aiden O'Connell? You know, what do you, what in, what in the hell are you going to do with him? And the answer is I have no idea. All right, we will take a quick break. We'll come on back with Bruce Marshall.
0: It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647.
21: Has someone in your family lost a job recently, and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property, and your tenants aren't paying you?
2: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio. And it's our pleasure to welcome back to the show our old good friend Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insider. And we talk a little NHL once a week. And um, first of all, Bruce, good to talk to you. And we saw Fleury move ahead of his uh, boyhood idol Patrick Wah for second all-time on the NHL's all-time wins list between the pipes course, he's never going to catch Martin Brodeur, but for a guy who was kind of discarded by Pittsburgh and had a renaissance in Vegas and now with the wild, it's a, uh, it's a pretty amazing stat. It
7: is. He's
23: getting a lot of work. Oh. Hello. You know, they could use it at Minnesota because they're fighting here to get into the playoffs. But the best thing that everybody always says about Flurry is just in in the clubhouse. I mean, he is the best teammate you could ever have. Everybody loves him. They loved him in Vegas. They loved him in Pittsburgh. They loved him in Minnesota. He's a great guy to have around. And as a backup goalie, although now he's, with the injuries and such, he's taking over the number one spot. He's a good guy to have on your side. So he can still do it even at 39, and uh, yeah, he won't catch Brodeur, but uh, uh, now he's climbing up that list, and he's uh, uh, really looking looked as good as ever last night, that's for sure.
2: All right, who's hot, who's not? Somebody who's hot. One team, and you could argue, of the best player in hockey, but uh, the, the Oilers with a 10-game win streak right now, Bruce.
23: They are really flying, uh, uh, Rick, and sometimes we, we see this, though not quite as dramatic as what Edmonton has done Rick but coaching changes often uh signal a turnaround I mean who could forget I mean a few years ago when the Blues made that change to Craig Berube and uh, they ended up winning the Stanley Cup well they also made a change uh, this season too but in uh Edmonton's case with the uh, Jimmy Woodcroft moved out and Chris Knobloch came in and this is this is a little different because Knobloch wasn't promoted from the ranks he wasn't even promoted from the Edmonton system I mean he was uh managing Hartford the Rangers uh Uh, farm team in the ahl and they brought him in from hartford and uh, rather immediately they started to take off and right now in this 10 game uh win streak right now which at this moment puts them barely into the into the uh, playoff field but they are making a move and uh, with the kings struggling lately they may be able to overtake them but we know about the the the, the guys. Uh, we know about uh, McDavid. We know about uh, Dreisaitl. Some other guys uh, to watch. Evan Booth, really or maybe a dark horse Norris Trophy candidate. He's awesome on the power play there. Big shot at the blue line. Great defenseman. Uh, Zach Hyman's having his best year ever right now in, in Root. Uh, he's never scored more than 36 goals. goals. He's already got 26. Right now, he's on 42 points, so he's on a career-best uh, points pace there. Um, uh, Mateus Eckholm, who had been back and forth between the Nashville and Edmonton the last couple of years anchoring the defense. And Stuart Skinner's actually played there pretty well in goal. That's one thing that they might want to do at the deadline coming up here, and maybe we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks, is uh, a little bit more cover and goal there because they've been giving Skinner a lot of work, but he has been up to it lately, and that's one reason they're on this 10-game win streak right now.
2: Speaking of uh mcdavid and of course with the heart the mvp he's won two out of the last three he's currently third in points but maybe two other guys right now i mean is there anybody hotter than nathan mckinnon with the lanch and uh he has a a 23 game home point streak which is two away from tying bobby orr in the 70s wayne gretzky had a 40 game home point streak with the kings which probably never get broken but there's also with um, with the lightning Nikita Kucherov uh, is a scoring machine as well, um, and then of course you've got some guys like Nylander and Panarin and Pasternak. And what do you think about the heart so far?
23: Well, like you said, right now if they awarded that here in January, I think you'd have to give it to McKinnon right now. Uh, he's putting up these big numbers. He's having a, a blockbuster season and i think even over kucherov right now probably mckinnon uh but those guys would be one two right now and mckinnon like i said right now he would be one i think so he's the favorite right now uh kucherov probably two. nylander like you mentioned uh is certainly going to be uh getting some support up there in toronto probably behind those other two uh, uh and uh Artemi Panarin there with the Rangers is having a big year, too. So you mentioned all four of those guys. And I think right now those are probably the top four contenders. But if you had to ask me to name one right now who I think it would be the odd-on favorite for the heart, uh, Nathan McKinnon, I think, uh, without question right now.
2: Yeah, we were talking about Flurry in the blue paint. And when you look at the Vezina, of course, top goalie halfway. Probably a two horse race. You got Thatcher Demko with the Canucks, but I mean, it's got to be Connor Hellebuck with the Jets because over the last two months, he's only given up two goals in a game one time. I mean, he's having the season of seasons so far. Hey, I'd
23: say you're right there. I'd say Hellebuck would be the guy. And uh, since November, I mean, Winnipeg, uh, even the few games, you know, Hellebuck doesn't uh, play, and Bressois is coming and giving him uh, some nice backup. They brought him back in there. Uh, they've only really been allowing two goals per game for over two months here, and a lot of that is with Hellebuck in the net. So uh, I think, yeah, right now he is probably uh, he is probably the leader right now, and he's going to take some – somebody's going to have to do some real uh, legwork to catch up to him. Demko probably number two, like you said, right now, and he's keying uh, a very surprising year for Vancouver. We've got some other honors candidates there. But uh, right now I'd say much like uh, McKinnon and the heart, the Vesna is hella bucks to lose right now. He looks like the clear favorite as we head uh, closing in on the All Star break coming up in a couple weeks.
2: One of the big reasons why Winnipeg is such a surprise. And speaking of surprise team, the Flyers. Many people thought that maybe that they were a year or two away, but uh, you look in the standings in the Metro, second place, Bruce.
23: Yeah, I want to make a. a uh, credit to Keith Jones, maybe, the new president there, one of our favorite guys from uh, the TV the last several years. But uh, he's just a piece of it here. This, how about John Torquero? Uh, I mean, this might be his uh, – here's the head coach. and A lot of us fell by Dave Well, He's having the last laugh this year because right now uh, the Flyers are arguably, uh, you know, the surprise of the league here. And they're in second place in the in the Metropolitan right now as we – as we talk here today, so he has been a really big uh, uh, on the ice. Uh, uh, Konechny is on a career best pace. He's on 40 points right now, so he's been a pretty consistent scoring force for them. But they've also picked up in in goal. Carter Hart, who broke in the league really hot a couple of years ago, uh, you know, tailed off a bit the past few seasons, but he's back on course this season, having a big big season in goal and. You know, having two goalies isn't bad, and Urson has actually got a little bit better numbers even than Hart in the net this year. So you've got a good one-two in the net, and that's pretty good for Philadelphia. They're sitting in pretty good position for the playoffs, and it's been a while for the Flyers since they've been there. But uh, I think the big story is Torts here, coming back and uh, getting a last draw in his career, and uh, uh, he, he's going to be in the mix uh, for uh, the Jack Adams, too.
2: All right, before we go, Vegas Insider, what's going on?
23: Yeah, lots, Rick. We got games going on here, man. Football keeps going. We had a pretty good week in the NFL playoffs, so we got more of that coming up this weekend. College hoops, right in the middle of that. NBA, right in the middle of that. And NHL, we just talked about it with you here, and I get, get picks every night in the NHL up there at vegasinsider.com. You can also see my stuff up there at CBS Sportsline, uh, sportsline.com. Once in a while, also up there on CBS Sports HQ.
2: It is Bruce Marshall, Vegas Insider. Bruce, always great insights. Thank you so much, my friend. Okay, Ricky. Thank you. All right. Good stuff. And guess what? We will take a break and come back with some open lines the rest of the hour. Don't be shy. 1-800-878-PLAY.
0: That's 800-211-6008. I don't even recognize myself anymore.
24: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
25: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options.
24: I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help.
0: That's 800-378-3508. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
9: Do you own an annuity? Either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities
0: That's 800-760-1845 I
26: mean, didn't didn't you notice on the plane when you started talking, eventually I
25: started reading the vomit bag? Didn't that give you some sort of clue? Like, hey, maybe this guy's not enjoying it?
10: three percent sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100 percent sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
2: Oh, there's my feelings. Open lines. Come on in. We're not even halfway done with this show. <laughs> 1-800-878-PLAY. By the way, coming up at uh, 1140, we will have Robert Carradine and uh, of the Carradine clan. Remember his brother, Keith, that movie Southern Comfort? Fred Ward, Powers Booth. That was a pretty good movie about some backwoods boys there down there in the bayou.
17: Born on the bayou.
2: Born on the bayou, sung by Credence Clearwater a Revival from El Cerrito, California. And uh, they had never been to a bayou, but they just thought chasing down a hoodoo there, I can remember that. And they asked John Fogarty about that, and he goes, I don't know, it just seemed that way. I love it. All right. When the headline in the San Francisco Chronicle is Draymond Green's return complicates Warriors front court rotation, that's not good. You know, you never saw Derek Jeter's return ruins the infield for the Yankees. (laughs) Right? Barry Bonds return complicates the outfield platooning. If you if it complicates the rotation, then, you know, <clears throat> did you really want him back that bad? And the fact that, you know, he's already started to chime in. And the Warriors, look, they've been hearing booze this year because they're not in Oakland anymore, and they're in front of the, as they used to say with the Niners, the eesh-eating fans of san francisco and they're paying money like you wouldn't believe to go to a warrior game ridiculous money (laughs) but on mlk day and i was talking about yesterday about memphis had done you know this you know it's where he was uh, assassinated but they had done some special events for mlk day in memphis and the warriors are a marquee team because of two words steph curry and, you know, Curry hit this little finger roll, does a shimmy while he's laying in the paint and all that. But in the end, an undermanned, meaning no John Morant, Grizzlies team, wins. And Draymond Green suspended for 12, missed 16 games as he got his act together. Uh, as he was coming on the court, he got booed. And they were a lot of people remember the whoop that trick thing. Antics, as he says he's trying to avoid... And, uh, you know, Draymond hits his shot and acts like he just won the championship. And that's fine. He's fired up. But uh, in the end, not just without John Morant, but Desmond Bain didn't play. Marcus Smart didn't play. And on national TV, this one one hurt. It really did hurt. And you look at Kaminga, 20 points and 11 rebounds. You couldn't ask too much more from him. Um, Saric with 13 points and seven rebounds, uh, as well. But it's just, when you get guys like Roddy hooping up on you, it's, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's embarrassing, but it's just, um, we're watching the end of a dynasty. You know, these are the, these are the last days of the, the warriors. And if they do scrape to a playoff spot, I'll be surprised I will be surprised if I had to bet I would think they probably just miss it right now. And I mean the, the Warriors are playing Lester Quinones yesterday. So, and you might say, "Oh, we didn't have Chris Paul." <laughs> we still the the Warriors are plagued by the same problems that have crushed them all year. Turnovers, turnovers, fouls, no one helping Curry. Sometimes just looks so stiff. 19 turnovers. Um, They gave up 23 pointers. That's a season high. The Grizz got to the line not one, not two, not three, 40 times. And it just looked like at one point that there were young guys playing against old guys. You know? Sort of like when I was playing soccer into my 40s and I'm playing against these 18-year-olds and... It's like, I know more about the game than you, but it doesn't matter because you just ran right by me. (laughs) Everything you're doing is wrong, but it's more effective because you ran right by me. So Steve Kerr, head coach, said after the game, we have to understand where we are as a team, what our record is, where we are in the Western Conference. What that means is we have to be sharp. We have to play a smart, clean game. We can't turn it over. We can't reach. We can't foul. We did all those things. Now, at what point, at what point, if you don't give Steve Kerr any grief, at what point do you start giving him grief? You know, I saw a time where Billy Bean who was absolutely infallible. He had the infallibility of the Pope, the Holy See, you know, the the head of the church. In Bean, we trust, people made hoodies and all that. But when he traded Cespedes and the A's went from the best team in the first half to the worst team in the second half, people started to question him. So I know there have been for years people questioning Kerr. But... I, I don't I, – I'm not mad at Kerr. I don't think there's any coach in the world that's going to light a fire under a team with four-time champions out there and, Kerr and the Splash Brothers and Draymond. And a lot of those other guys have a ring or two. And just to say it's the coach's fault that these guys are doing the things that Kerr just said. We can't turn it over. We can't reach. We can't foul. We did all those things. So, you say, well, why are you doing it, coach? Well, the coach isn't out there. So, Steve Kerr, by his own admission, gave Mark Jackson credit for installing and instilling the defensive fortitude and dedication that the Warriors had. Because remember, Mark Jackson did get the Warriors to the playoffs, which was almost unheard of back then, not that long ago. It really wasn't. We're talking 10 years, <laughs> basically. And. And this is why he would bring in guys like Brown and others to be and and uh, you know to, to be an X's and O's type of guy. Help me out with all that. But I still don't blame Kerr. I don't. I don't think the Warriors stink because of Steve Kerr. Um, you know, like he's he's made some dumb decisions. Who hasn't? Every manager, every coach uh, has made dumb. Just I was just talking about how I thought Sean McVay was dumb. The guy has a ring. Um, People make mistakes out there. But Draymond Green said, you just got to have pride in yourself as a man that I'm not going to let my guy score. Our closeouts were too soft. Our rotations were too slow. So there's just no pride until everybody takes pride in themselves and wants to stop the guy in front of them. Will suck. End quote. Mm -hmm. I kind of, you know what I want to do is like that champ kind thing. Why don't you stop talking? Why don't you just sit this one out? Um, I'm just, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Steph Curry. I don't want to hear from Draymond anymore. It's always so philosophical. And I I know he went through something that is very rare with the suspension and, and trying to get rid of his antics and anger management, but don't come in, contribute to a loss and then just say, we have no pride. You know, or maybe you say, "No, good. I'm glad Draymond's black, back, and I'm glad he's holding them accountable." <laughs> I almost said, "I'm glad Draymond's black." I'm glad that he's holding people accountable. I mean, you could totally take that view too. It just seems like it's too much. You know, when you're a coach and you scream and yell and scream and yell and scream and yell, you know what? Everyone tunes you out. I just don't. I think I just wish Draymond was more calculating like if he's like if once a month he said you got no pride to be like oh my gosh did you hear what Draymond said we really got to pick it up but all I hear is him and then he's got a podcast too so at a certain point I'm like I'm the I bet his teammates are like are you talking did you say something Yeah, I said we have no pride, and until we do, we're going to suck and be a man and stop the guy that's in front of you. Okay, sounds good, coach. But then again, whether he's talking or not, this team is old. They are paying the price of a dynasty that's coming down. It's hard to keep it going. The only reason they're still relevant is Steph Curry. If Steph Curry's on this team, this team is completely irrelevant. What about Wiggins? What about clay? It would be irrelevant. As long as Steph Curry is on this team, they will have some relevance to them. They'll be on national TV. They will sell out buildings, um, because he is a once in a lifetime player. If you're lucky, he's once in a lifetime. Yeah. I'm sure there are vampires that are a thousand years old to be like, yeah, he's the only one. Um, but what, as I said, whether Draymond complains or not, whether he gets booed or not, he's he's not helping. This team is at the point where it's getting pretty hopeless. Other than that, everything's great. I'm Rick Little. We'll take a quick break, and uh, we'd love to hear from you at 1-800-878-7529.
13: What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law, and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-771-4125. That's 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125. 800 771
0: tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. That's 800-867-6917.
3: Progressive asks, What do a middle school slumber party?
6: <laughs> Let's stay up all night. Yeah! yeah.
3: A sleep-deprived girl. An early morning paper route and a poorly thrown, rolled-up newspaper have in common? Hey, my window! They can become a fast-breaking news story.
8: Sorry, Mr. Thompson!
3: Bundle your home and auto with Progressive for great savings and round-the-clock protection.
17: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers.
3: Not available in all states or situations.
6: Would you like a nice cold fish head? They're frozen solid. (laughs) Frozen head of fish. The eyeballs in there and the skeletons coming out. It comes with a turnip and a
18: spork. <laughs> I was wishing you'd have one of them left, wishing upon a star. <laughs>
10: This is the only sports talk show that features a Rhodes Scholar, but he ain't here today. Now, back to Rick Tittle.
2: Thank you for that, and lines are available at 1-800-878-PLAY. Coming up an hour from now, um, Bobby Carradine, as he's known on Twitter, and uh, J.D. Sharp will join us in about a half hour, but we have open lines at 1-800-878-PLAY. I saw a story... And I saw the pictures actually at the Indianapolis International Airport um, because they're going to be having the uh, All Star game there coming up in a few weeks. They built a full size basketball court, hardwood, glass rims, everything, just a complete, you know, D1, almost NBA style full court in the main lobby of the airport but no one's allowed to play on it. (laughs) What? But um, I was looking at Yahoo Sports, and a few people, it was pretty funny, were making comments. One said, imagine a world where group one plays group five to 21 to see who boards first. Another one, I dropped you off two hours early. How'd you miss your flight? We started running fives at the Indianapolis airport and my team kept winning. Had to stay on the court. Um, Another one. Babe, why are you packing basketball shoes for vacation? We got a four-hour layover in Indy. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) Indianapolis brags that they have the best airport in America. 11 years in a row. I guess it's best medium side because I always see that Phoenix when I go down there to... Uh, Sky Harbor, they always brag that we've been voted the best airport. I'll say this about airports. I I don't like any of them, but some are better than others. When I flew to Philly a few years ago, I think it was was in 2018, I stopped in St. Louis, and that was just corrugated steel. It looked like if you landed on the ice in the aforementioned Antarctica. It was like, you know, it was December, and it it looked like somebody went to Home Depot and built an airport. Just saying. I don't know. Maybe St. Louis is winning all sorts of awards all over the place. Um, 1-800-878-PLAY. Also, uh, and I saw this story, too, and it said, what a, uh, an amazing thing that Charlie Culberson is trying to be a pitcher. And that's cool for him. After more than a decade of being a utility guy, but he's going to go to Braves camp as a relief pitcher. And it's really not that rare if you think about it. And Giants fans will certainly remember the name Charlie Culberson, who was a decent player. Rockies, Dodgers, Rangers, Braves. You know, he's a, a guy who hit 250 who could field a ground ball. And you can have a long career if you can hit 250 and field a ground ball, which is what he did um, but in mop-up duty this is how it's funny how it started they put him in in mop-up duty and his ERA in mop-up duty this is seven and a third last year his ERA was 173 and he was hitting 94 on the gun so <laughs> give it a go mate as they say in England it's not bad. I mean, hitting 94 on the gun, I think most shortstops and, and third basemen, you know, the Sean Dunstan type guys. But that brings me back to Trevor Hoffman. You know, J.T. Snow, I asked him about it when he was in the studio with me years ago. When they were teammates at U of A in Tucson, Trevor Hoffman was the shortstop. And he would just rip the glove off the first baseman. And they're like, you should probably... You should probably go ahead and try pitching. I went to a dinner one time in Yountville, which if you live there, they call it Yountville, at this place called Compadres, which is no longer there, which was a great restaurant. They They used to put out chips, and the chips had like a little bit of brown sugar on them. I'm sure I gained five pounds every time I went there, but you'd have chips and salsa, and they were like sugary. Ugh, I can't even, it was like, can't it was like being at a bakery or something anyway i sat in. i was at an event i don't remember what it was for but i sat at the event with a guy named joe nathan and we basically were kind of stuck talking to each other and he said uh you know he was a shortstop he was drafted by the giants out of a I i think it was a it was either a suny school or some junior college on long island or something and and uh, he's like, yeah, they uh, they're trying me at pitcher now. I was like, no way. He goes, yeah. And he ended up being an all-star closer for the Twins. I think he was in the Pierzynski trade, and a lot of people were like, how could the Giants give Joe Nathan to the Twins? But at the time, he was like, yeah, we're gonna try. I'm gonna try pitching. I go, is that killing you? He's like, well, I gotta stick around. The most famous example of all. Has got to be Tim Wakefield, who I believe recently passed away. If I'm not mistaken, I apologize if he hasn't. Uh, but Tim Wakefield was with the Pirates in their system for a long time, and it didn't work out. And so he threw a mean knuckleball, and <clears throat> like, why don't we, why don't we give it a shot, and and see what happens. You know, just because you do... You know, it's interesting. I had Lane Moore on my show yesterday. She is a New York Times best-selling author. She is a successful stand-up comedian. And she also was rated one of the top 10 female lead singers in America last year for rock bands. By many publications. Not just some website you never heard of. (laughs) And so I said, you know, people say, stay in your lane. You got hella Lanes. Well, if you're a baseball player... You know, is it that unheard of? It was always weird for me because um, when I played football and you get out on the field early and this was the 80s in college. And so we stretched for like 45 minutes, which was probably smart, but we stretched and stretched and stretched. And when you got done stretching, no matter what position you were, you would just play catch with a football if you're waiting for everybody else to get done. And it used to amaze me how many people had no idea how to catch a football. They just had no idea. They like, Ooh, they dropped everyone, and they weren't their, their hands weren't even taped up or anything, or their wrists, like, Ooh. <laughs> so it shouldn't be a surprise that he could uh, that he could do that. You um, remember Anthony ghosts, Anthony Gose, uh, was outfielder for the Blue Jays and the Tigers, and he went back and he pitched for the Cleveland Guardians for a couple seasons and he was not terrible. I talked about Lane Moore. How about Jason Lane? Jason Lane played for the Astros and the Padres for five years and as an outfielder and the Padres threw him in there as pitcher. It was like seven years after he was in the big leagues. He came back and he, it was only like 10 and a third or whatever, but his ERA was under one. And then of course you can go the other way as well. And that's Rick Ankiel, who had the yips. He had Chuck Knobloch's. And by the way, I interviewed Steve Sachs one time, and I asked him. I had the temerity to, I thought, very tactfully bring up Steve Sachs disease. I didn't call it that. But he basically basically said it never happened. (laughs) But that is scary when it's all in your head. And if you don't know what Steve Sachs' disease is, and Chuck Knobloch had it too. By the way, German for garlic, Knoblauch. Knoblauch. Chuck Knobloch. Is you get a ground ball, you square up to throw it to first base, you only have to lob it, the guy's out by a mile, and you throw a worm burner. You bounce it, you throw it over his head, you throw it nine feet wide. Something is happening. And Rick Ankeel, who is a great relief pitcher, really good for the Cardinals he threw three hoppers to the plate. He just he couldn't, get, he couldn't get rid of it. Three hoppers. And then he goes, I want to be an outfielder. And he could hit, and then he was in the Mitchell Report. He had taken some roids. But I remember I was doing shows with John Baker at the time, and he was a teammate of Rick Ankiel. And it might have been at the Arizona Fall League, because Bake played there a couple years For the desert dogs, and he said that when Rick Ankeel said I'm going to be a hitter, that Bake said I had no doubt he would be a success. He said he's the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my life. Like really, he goes. He's he's he said he he'll never forget one time because you know there's ping pong tables in clubhouses, and Rick Ankeel played, beat everybody in ping pong. He said, now I'm going to use my left hand. And then he beat everybody with his left hand. He just said, Rick Ankill was that ridiculous, ridiculously skilled. By the way, one little ping pong note. I've told this story before, but when I was in 95.7, the game, before we moved to the KPIX building, we were south of Market (laughs) on Howard Street, 12th floor. And next door to us was this new ping pong bar. It was all these tables. It was called like bounce or something. And I was just watching. I'm like, I don't want to play. And they go, come on, title play. And then I beat everyone. And they're like, we didn't know that you were a ping pong master. And I said, I'm not, I'm from the seventies. I'm, I, I am no ping pong master, but you're talking to a guy who that's all we had. <laughs> and so I beat everybody because all these guys under 30 had no idea what they were doing with ping pong. Don't don't play some just I don't care who you are. Don't play somebody who grew up in the 70s. It's sort of like playing a guy in pool who grew up in the 50s. If you play like the guys who are older than me at pool, I look like I've never played pool before because that's all they had was a pool table. All right. There's a segment for you. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and we will come on back on Sports Byline. Who's
8: watching? Tell me who's
22: watching? Who's watching me?
18: if we're handing out insults for being fat, let's have a go at him. Look
17: at him! Why? And he's got glasses. Let's call four eyes as well.
20: Why don't we call him fatty fatty toad boy?
8: What do you do,
10: Don't be getting your granny panties all in a bunch. We got Rick Tittle up in here.
2: We got Rick Tittle up in here. We got another hour coming up with uh, J.D. Sharp and Robert Carradine. 128 years ago today, we had the first ever college basketball game, at least five on five. Dr. Naismith, remember, they said invent something so these guys don't have to play drop the napkin or whatever. He said, believe it or not, that basketball should be nine on nine. We are the first ever five-on-five. The University of Chicago beat Iowa, in Iowa, 15-12. to That was the final score. Also, more on this day in sports history, brought to you by Olympic Pizza of Albany, California. Uh, Chicago was given an NBA franchise in 1966, and they called them the Bulls. That was not their first NBA team. In the 40s, they had the Chicago Stags in the 60s, very briefly, the Chicago Packers. Then the Chicago Packers changed their name to the Chicago Zephyrs. Then they became, they moved to become the Baltimore Bullets and then the Washington Bullets and now the Washington Wizards. Remember Letterman said uh, when the Washington Bullets changed their name, they changed their name. Uh, to something less violent. They took the word Washington out of their name. Now, I had heard of the Chicago Stags. Um, I had not heard of the Chicago Packers slash Zephyrs, um, to uh, tell you the truth. And if you want to uh, throw this in as well, uh, this day in history, four years ago, we made history right here in San Francisco. We, like I did it. But uh, we had the first full-time female coach in MLB history in the dugout every game, and that's uh, Alyssa Nockin, <laughs> as uh, she was part of the uh, the staff there. I believe she had a baby, if I'm not mistaken. I think she was pregnant during the season last year before uh, Gabe uh, got the axe. And now, of course, as Bud Seelig would call him, at least he did to me, Bobby Melvin <laughs> is taking over uh, in uh, San Francisco. Might have to go down to spring. This might be the first spring training I go to where I go to other teams' games more than than the A's games. It's like, hmm, let me see who's interesting. Maybe I'll go check out that team <laughs> instead of going over to Ho-Ho-Kum. All right, we have another hour together, so don't go anywhere after a brief news break. We'll see you in a minute.
18: USA News, I'm Ryan Daniels. The Iowa caucuses, with former President Trump winning the state by a large margin on the Republican side Monday night.
0: This is about starting the process for
19: picking the most powerful human being in the world. This is the model for the entire
18: country. Jeff Kaufman's with the Republican Party of Iowa. Ron DeSantis finished a distant second, followed closely by Nikki Haley in third. Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy chose to bow out of the race after a disappointing finish. On the Democratic side, presidential preference votes were collected by mail-in tally, and will be announced on Super Tuesday, March 5th. An Arctic blast is bringing dangerously low temperatures, wind chills, snow, and ice nationwide this week. The National Weather Service shows there are hazardous cold conditions from states near the border with Canada, south through the Appalachian Mountains, west to Montana, and even into the southern states. In Kentucky, the state roads manager is Jim Gray.
12: We will actually have
19: a force of as many as 2,000 people plus some 1,400 snow plows to deploy around the state.
18: Overnight low temperatures dip far below zero, mainly across the Midwest at the same time. Freezing rain in the Pacific Northwest is creating hazards, especially around Portland, Oregon. The paralyzing cold weather continues to have a significant impact on air travel. According to FlightAware, there were a total of more than 9,000 flight delays through MLK Day Monday. There were another 3,000 or more flight cancellations. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is now out of the hospital following complications from a corrective surgery for prostate cancer. He will reportedly work remotely for a time.
0: Wish you
18: A CD checked out of a Maryland library 35 years ago is finally back home. Staff members found the Pink Floyd CD in a return box on Friday. Luckily for the borrower, the library system went fine free four years ago. This is USA News. The city of Chicago struggling to house illegal immigrants and many local taxpayers are not happy about it either.
11: Chicago spending a whopping $156 million on migrant housing and care since October of 2022 the Biden administration doing absolutely nothing to stop the flow at our southern border with Mexico.
18: USA's Laura Winters reporting. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running for president as an independent candidate on Monday. He told more of the story behind his decision to leave the Democratic Party and ultimately run on a third party ticket during a visit with the Black Information Network in Atlanta.
3: I beat both President Trump and President Biden among young people under 45 years of age, and I beat them in among independent which is now the biggest political party. The White House says a fake
18: 911 call is what prompted an emergency response there Monday morning. The perpetrator claimed during the bogus call that the White House was on fire. Emergency crews in the Secret Service quickly determined that was not the case. President Biden was at Camp David at the time of the prank. Peacock and the NFL celebrating a successful exclusive TV streaming event from over the weekend. The league and NBC's streaming platform teamed up for the most streamed live event in U.S. history with 23 million total views of the Kansas City Chiefs versus Miami Dolphins wildcard playoff game Saturday. And the Chiefs won the game with Taylor Swift watching. I'm Ryan Daniels, USA News.
0: That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details.
3: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
4: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so
11: fine.
1: Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
2: Thank you for that, and welcome back to Hour 3. And uh, we'll talk a little football with J.D. Sharp after the break, at least scheduled to appear. Sometimes J.D. comes in the segment after or not, but uh, scheduled to appear. Robert Carradine at 1140, open lines at uh, in between those, scheduled. Just as an aside, I heard that thing about uh, RFK, the uh, RFK Jr., I know someone who's just vehemently supporting him for president and just um, I think it's great if you have someone that you believe on, man, woman, doesn't matter what party is, you just really believe in someone. But I also am amazed when you only have so much time on this planet and it's for an absolutely 100% lost cause. You know, there's no way in hell he's going to be elected president just absolutely impossible. And I actually met RFK in 2021. There was a, a fundraiser in San Rafael, and my friend got me into it. And I just remember, th- and he was, you know, he all the whole thing was just an anti-vax speech, which I didn't know. Um, And I was vaxxed. Anyway, the whole thing was an anti-vax speech. But the voice, you know, and he can't help it. But I'm like right there, I don't care if he's Republican or Democrat, he's not getting elected. But you have to be in with the banks. That's why people like Bernie don't get a chance. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a red tie or a blue tie, it all goes back to the money and the banks. So, in other words, I think it's nice that someone's like fighting the cause, but it's also a um, 100% guaranteed losing effort, which to me seems like a colossal waste of time. Um, but that's just me. I thought I'd throw that in. 1 800, it's my show. 1 do what I want. It's my show, and I'll cry if I want to. 1 800 878 Play. Big shout out to our troops listening both home and abroad on the American Forces Radio Network. Uh, doing a great job. Stay safe. Come home soon. Thanks for protecting us and our allies. You're doing a great job. Twitter is at Rick Tuttle and Tuttle Sports with Rick Tuttle, the Facebook fan page. So come on back.
0: That's
3: 800-788-1495. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call.
0: That's 800-943-2153.
15: This is J.D. Sharp. I've been developing a revolutionary sports handicapping service, and you can be a part of the beta. Sign up at BetUS.com with a deposit of as little as $50 and use the promo code SHARPBETTING. Email a screenshot of your account to worldwidesharp at gmail.com and I'll reply personally with my plays. My NFL record this season was an industry best 72 and 33, and this is the only way to know all my plays the moment I make them. Let's keep making money together.
6: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's So handsome. He's a genius.
3: Coming up next, it's your boy Rick Tittle.
2: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on American forces network. It's 11:12. We check in with our friends at pro wagering pro and we have JD sharp with us, JD. We had six wildcard games and for the impartial viewer, like myself, five of them sucked. There was only one good one. That was the Rams and lions, but the other ones were all pretty much blowouts. The Steelers lost at Buffalo. That one we all saw coming. But let's talk a little bit before we move on to the next round. Um, Philadelphia, and we wondered if that momentum would continue or if they could stop the slide. And apparently, they got off the bus at the stadium, and they had already lost. And Tampa Bay really should have won by more. There were so many drops that they had, but still, thirty-two to nine, uh, the Eagles, one of the after being ten and one, one of the the greatest collapses in in recent memory. What what did you think of that game?
15: Yeah, I mean, that. what a way for Jason Kelsey to end his career, huh? What a puzzling ending. The, like I said, the tush push didn't work. Vita Vea stopped that. Predicted that yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jalen Hurst got paid way too quick. He had one good year with an, a great offensive line and all the weapons he could ever ask for. He isn't an incredibly aware quarterback. Uh, he fumbles a lot. He's injury prone, and he he really isn't that accurate. He needs great players around him to be even somewhat successful. So that contract really hurt them. <clears throat> when, you, when you give that big of a contract to someone, chances of them continuing to work for it, unless they truly love the game, is pretty low. And I'm not sure that Jalen Hurts loves the game like like maybe uh, a Tom Brady does, for example. Uh, that being said, the, the Bucks are a legitimate contender here. Mayfield was 28-10 and 10 over the course of the year. I told you the Eagles defense gave up 35 touchdowns over the course of the year, and they showed that last night. Uh, Rashad White kind of picked it up. They've got a good offensive line. Mayfield's got four weapons with Evans, Godwin, Palmer, and Otten. You've still got Levante David and Devin White and Peter Bay and Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean and obviously Antoine Winfield, who's probably the best safety in the NFL. Uh, and their kicker, their kicker has no problem kicking 50, 55 yard field goals. He's 24, uh, 29 over the course of his career from 50 plus. So this team, and Camardo's a great punter too. So this team. Uh, is actually set up to potentially make the Super Bowl, believe it or not. I think that the Lions is a great matchup for them because the Lions run the ball really well, but the the Bucks stop the the run extremely well. The Lions don't play very well against the pass, and the Bucks can run and throw. So uh, I I think their discipline is uh, their defense is more disciplined. I like Todd Bowles this conservative approach against the against uh, Dan Campbell in this situation. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if we saw the Lions in. The championship game against – I'm sorry, the Bucks against the Niners in the championship game. Now, that's a game they're probably going to lose. But, uh, yeah, this, this this is definitely a legitimate team. They're a contender. Uh, Baker Mayfield has been good all year, very quietly. And that Eagles team, they paid Hurts too early. Kelsey was obviously getting old. He made mistake after mistake toward the end of his career. And A.J. Brown is clearly a cancer. Nasiriani got arrogant. He should get canned. The Dom DeSandro thing didn't help anybody. Yeah, definitely an epic collapse, and uh, I'm glad that I had the Bucs plus three.
2: I was going to ask you about Sirianni because in the last hour I was talking about Steve Kerr, and, and I say I don't really blame him for the Warriors stinking because it's the end of a dynasty. Uh, they're they're getting old, and Father Time is really winning right now, and I don't really blame him. But for for Sirianni, you had a team that was 10-1, and 1. so how do you let that get to – such a a state of going down the toilet like that
15: i think his team might have turned on him honestly i think that hurts might have just kind of stopped caring i think kelsey i think the the taylor swift thing has been a bit of a distraction the podcast has been a bit of a distraction he's a you know he's 36 years old he's got multiple kids i'm just not sure he cares as much as he cared before he got his ring he made the super bowl he's made his millions of dollars he's going into different investments all the attention to his brother kind of freaks him out uh, and obviously, AJ Brown not performing at the level he was supposed to. Be in that secondary, they picked up Kevin Byard, and he did the exact opposite. Now they, know they're they're old in the secondary. Darius Slay, James Bradbury, you're talking 32 and maybe 29 years old. Uh, Blankenship didn't even play yesterday, but he was probably their best, maybe their second best secondary defender over the course of the year. Besides that, they had a whole bunch of rookies. Uh, yeah, they just they, they, their defense couldn't stop anyone, and they played teams with really good passing offenses. And Sirianni, his approach turned some people off, and Hurts, he just really hasn't been the same for like seven or eight weeks. We may find we may find out that he played through an injury. I really don't know. I don't care. But uh, yeah, I, I think a combination of hubris and just indifference kind of kind of led to, led them to to an early an early end to their season.
2: So. Uh, you, you mentioned the next round, the last game Sunday night. In Buffalo and of course they just had two feet of snow, but you know, Kansas City actually had a whole um, a Colder game, but an interesting stat that I heard yesterday and you you probably knew it, but I didn't this will be Patrick Mahomes first ever Road playoff game. He's played of course Super Bowls or neutral venues But he's never played on the road before in the playoffs, which I thought was interesting early Uh, You know, we still have a few more days to see what happens with injuries and such. But uh, early look at Chiefs at Bills, what do you think? I mean, the Bills have so much talent defensively. Kyrie Elam was their first-round pick a couple years ago. He's been hurt all
15: year. He had an interception in that game. Russell Douglas comes back next week. They've got Hyde and Ebenezer and Poyer, and maybe maybe Dodson's back. Maybe Bernard's back. Obviously, Allen is an elite talent at quarterback. I, I like them without Gabe Davis. Here's why. When Allen throws to Davis this year, he's only completed 48% of those, 90 90 attempts, 45 or 47 completions, I think, is is what, maybe it's 52%, but yeah, the point is, when Davis is in the offense, it's less efficient, whereas when he's not in the offense, he throws more to Kincaid, he throws more to Knox, he throws more to Dix, obviously, and then James Cook has been a big addition. I just think this is a bad matchup for Mahomes. They don't have they don't have the weaponry offensively. I mean, yeah, R- 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 Rashi Rice has been really good, but he hasn't faced corners like the Bills have, and they've got five or six of them. Uh, Allen wants to make a Super Bowl this year. I think there's a real chance. I think there's a real chance that it ends up being the Bills versus the Ravens. The Bills could win that game. They're they're one of the teams that can match up with the Ravens because of their depth at cornerback, which you have to have. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Mahomes' first game on the road. People people love Mahomes, but in this situation, I I mean the defense is great. Don't get me wrong, but I think Josh Allen is just that good. I think Josh Allen is is you know six, five, 250 runs probably a four five, maybe at, at he might be a four four five guy. I mean that fifty two yard touchdown run he had was a serious. That was a, that was a play that like a Matt Jones would make for Arkansas back today who ran a four three seven. So uh, I, I just think that the Bills are going to come away with this one. They'll, they'll win the game outright. I don't think I'll take them spread, but I'll probably take them four units on the money line. Cause it's just this is a game that they should win. Everything is lined up for them. Everybody loves Mahomes. Everybody loves Kelsey. But this Bills team is just tough, and they're deep defensively, and they match up where the where, they match up where the Chiefs are weak.
2: Great, Matt Jones. I haven't heard that name in a while. That guy was so exciting, Matt Jones. Um, one more question for you, uh, and as I said, we'll talk more about it in a week, but with the Packers going to San Francisco, and we know the kid from Ames, he's had a couple of bad games, but for the most part, he's been absolutely excellent, and we'll get some MVP boats talking about uh, Brock Purdy, but here you have Matt LaFleur completely outcoaching Mike McCarthy uh, on the road, but the two times he's gone up against Kyle – Kyle's beaten them both times, but I feel like the Packers are playing with house money. They're not supposed to be there. They're a bunch of crazy kids. All the expectations are on the Niners. What do you think? Uh, just as I said, it's Tuesday, but what about? Because we gave the Packers no shot against the Cowboys, and Jordan Love looked very good. Um, what do you? That Niners defense is going to be a little tougher, but what do you think about the Packers in Santa Clara?
15: That's a really tough game. Yeah, love. Love did look good, and but you got to look at the pat the Cowboys. They're always playing nickel. They're always they've always got four or five D backs out there. They've got linebackers that weigh two hundred and ten pounds. They don't have a Fred Warner. They don't have a a, <laughs> a Dre Greenlaw. They don't have an Orrin Burks even. You know, uh, their their pass rushers are small. They don't have an Eric Armstead. They don't have Charvarius Ward and his twenty three pass deflections this year. I mean. I like I like the possibility of the Packers being able to overwhelm them with wide receiver depth, but if they if the rush gets there and they can clog up that middle and Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones has to be operating at a high level for the Packers to be good offensively. Jordan Love is good, but if Aaron Jones is not operating at a high level, Love is going to throw passes where he's off his back foot, but it's not going to be a confident pass. It's going to be hoping that it gets there, and when and he has experience now doing that against a team like the Cowboys, right? If he keeps making those same throws against the Niners and they're, and they're locking down Jones, I think the Niners have a, have a legitimate chance of, of, of running away with this one, especially you look at the Niners and, you know, obviously Purdy. People are going to think that Purdy just isn't that good. He's a system guy. You got Trent Williams playing. You still have Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle, obviously Christian McCaffrey. I just think the Niners are too complete on both sides of the ball. And It just depends. If the Niners shut down Jared Jones, and I think they can, then you're going to see Jordan Love making those throws that he's been trying to make, that, that he's made success in the last couple of games, and they're going to result in interceptions. So I wouldn't be shocked if this game went under and the Niners covered.
2: 50 Sharp, ProWagering, ProWagering.com. Check it out. Good stuff, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Rick. Open lines on the other side, 1-800-87A-PLAY. Come on back. Oh,
1: yeah. The best stuff. Who do
8: you think you are? It's tough, it's tough. You're
11: never gonna get my love. Now because you wear all those fancy clothes. Oh yeah, you have a big fine car.
8: Oh yeah, should
0: do that. Hey airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
17: Thank you very much. My name is Munenori Kawasaki. I'm from Japan. I'm Japanese.
10: Rick Tittle will fight anyone listening to this.
2: No, I won't. The lines are available if you want to get in. Coming up in the next segment, Robert Carradine, the nerd himself. What was his name? Slowick? No, wait, that's the coach. 1-800-878-PLAY. Just got this email from Ticketmaster saying, Hey, come see the Niners and the Packers. So just for fun, I want to see what the cheapest one was two hundred and fifty three dollars last row of the fourth deck and that's before i'm sure some redonkulous service fees i was like convenience fee it's like convenient for you huh? convenient for you 253 bucks now times have changed and people used to buy a house for a nickel i don't know about a nickel but kind of right um when I was in, um, when I was at the Super Bowl in uh, 1981, January 25th, the face value was forty dollars, and that was obscene because my Raider season ticket face value was twelve fifty. So yeah, in 1980, it was twelve fifty to go to a Raider game in the first deck, section one twenty-eight, row thirty-two. Uh, I know where I grew up, girl. Don't ask me about it. And I didn't and the Super Bowl face value, $40. Woo-hoo! All right, let's go to the phone lines. Vince in Lafayette, how are you?
26: Uh, okay, I, I just want to
2: finish up with the
26: Sharks for my last conversation. and I, I know you were saying, well, I don't think you're doing a good job. Well, he, he came in there with the Sharks. My um, uh, league teams were ranked 30th, which is the bottom of, of the scale, and he had all these overpaid contracts and he had no salary room at all. That's a horrible position to be in.
2: All right, so well, well I just want to say, is, it, took, don't say he's doing a good job. I mean, I like his draft, but you can't say that they're doing a, I mean, you, you might say, yes, he has all these excuses, so maybe he can't no, do it, but there's no way I, you can I, say I, I, he's I just, good.
26: I, I was going to do his, his accomplishments, all right? So he's he's got rid of these um, several of these contracts that are really horrible. Carlson was a horrible contract. It was 11.5 million. It was way too high. He got 10 million off the books, and but he went up a little bit this year. But next year, uh, it goes down six million, and then the other uh, four million comes off the fall for players he has. But he'll probably get some draft picks from that. But for Pittsburgh, he has their number one draft pick, which is protected this year. They're in the top nine, so they'll probably take the draft. The Sharks won't get it. But the following year, it becomes unprotected. The twenty-five draft. The following year is supposed to be really good players, and the, the Pittsburgh's only going to get worse because they're like the Warriors right now. They have lots of old players, and they're going down the toilet. And they're and they're going to be probably the top three pick, and that is going to be one hell of a player you're going to get from the Carlson trade. As if with all these contracts, all right. Let's say T.O. Meyer. They got Zetterlin, which is really turning out to be a good player. Um, he's actually scoring really well. And they also got Okachik, who's a really young defenseman from the Russians, And he's also playing pretty good. He just got up, got his first goal. These are really young players. So, And you, and they might have the New Jersey's number one pick this year. If they get into the finals and they're playing really well, they have a really good chance getting the Eastern finals. Otherwise, he becomes a second-round pick. So those are contracts they had to get rid of. Um, he, now he's got two more. He's got Pickles' contract, which is horrible. He's... You know, Pickles, he can't even cut. Uh, Wilson really set really horrible contracts. You can't even cut the guy. So the only thing he could do is do a buyout. And after this year, he has two years left, and, he'll, and it goes to four years, and they'll and do a buyout for him to get him off the, uh, the Sharks roster. That's the only option they have. Um, the other two, Hurdle and uh, Logan Couture, have no trade clauses, which three players uh, Logan Couture could pick. I don't know if he's even tradable at this point, even if they buy out half his contract because he hasn't played a game this season. He's supposed to come back any day. Uh, we'll see how he does. But so he has Logan Guterres hasn't even played. He was supposed to be one of his best players. He's got hurdles actually playing pretty well. So he's got all these young players and they're doing, and I don't know if you watched the, the world championship thing, there's eight players he had in there. All of them were doing really well. And um, Smith is, you know, it led the U S you know, to, to consider goal. But they even had guys from Sweden um, and other countries, but eight players is a lot. That's the most any country had. So he's really, and his minor league team, remember I told you he was 30th when he came in there? He's eighth now. That That is really remarkable. It takes three years minimum to bring in, um, when you start drafting players, to bring them up. You know, it takes usually that long. So You know, he's only in his second year, so you're not even going to start seeing the players. Maybe a couple next year, maybe, but it'll really be his fourth year is when you start noticing it. So you have to cut him some slack. He was in the worst possible situation. He came in in the Sharks. Like, again, no salary cap. He's going to have about 15 to 20 million next year salary cap. The first time the Sharks actually have some room, they could start signing some free agents or they could take players that are really crappy the teams need to get rid of it and get number one draft picks out of it. So they have like two options, but he's got a, a first time he's going to have that option. So I expect the sharks to be a lot better next year. And the following year is when they're really going to start taking off for the playoffs, but they're really, um, you know, this is what happens when you had a horrible GM. And so the, the only thing he, the first thing he had to do is get rid of the salary cap situation. That's why he had to tra- trade burns and all that. Cause they had no room and they were over the cap. And he had to do that. So, I don't know what you want gear to do but to me he did everything he could possibly do um to get the sharks in that situation so you bring the minor league team up that's the first thing you do and you have to get rid of the bad contracts and he, like i said he's got rid of most of them pickles will be the next one to go um hurdle and logan tur sound like they don't want to get traded yet and so there's nothing he could do about it so he's not gonna buy them out at this point in their contracts but Um, you know, that's where he is right now. So I don't know what you want gear to do. I mean,
2: what do you do? I mean, look at all these things that you mention, and I hope you're right because you pay closer attention than I do. All these things that you mention are all down the road and you're right. We have to wait to see what happens. I thought he gave Carlson away. I thought that was a horrible trade. Um, the, the, right, the right, I thought the I thought, the, the, I thought the I thought the coach that they they hired was was lame. I don't like the coach. So as you're right, I don't expect, and I think they had an amazing GM. I love Doug Wilson. He gave us 12 years of amazing entertainment We're in the playoffs every year. It just didn't work out. But I love the GM that they had before.
8: Uh, he but you're really right. I'm not, I'm not expecting. I'm not
2: expecting Gear, uh, um, to make the playoffs. Let's call them Gear. Greer to make the playoffs, but I'm just saying right yeah. now, I'm not going to rave about the the biggest joke in hockey.
26: Well, I mean, I look at what he what he could possibly do, and there's nothing more, that he's got, like I said, get rid of the bad contracts and then build your minor league team up. That's the first two things you do. Now, look at the Warriors situation. The Warriors remind me of Wilson uh, when he was running the team in the ground. They have no draft picks, which he came in there. That was the situation he was in. Yeah, they have no draft picks this year's draft. They're terrible, they're old, and they're overpaid contracts. That is a horrible position of being the Warriors. And the Warriors, I mean, I don't know if they could trade Green or um, Wiggins at this point. They're the two contracts that are longer White, term. Mom, and probably. <laughs> well, well, he, well, he was part of the guy. He didn't draft anybody. The new guy that they hit um, GM this year, He drafted two. He had two picks. He got an unbelievable, super late second-round pick, which he had to buy for that, and he had a first-round pick, which was 19th. Both those players are playing and in the rotation. That's a hell of a job for the first year of the GM. He got rid of a bad contract, which he sent to Washington, so he'll be, you know, he got rid of one. But you know, he reminds me of like what Gear gear is doing. So you know, he's going to have a hard time, and the Warriors are going to start thinking right now, and they, they're not even they keep it, their coach, I don't even know if they're going to keep their coach, that's going to be a question mark because he keeps saying they're a championship team and I keep saying, you're not even a play-in team right now, you're a lousy team you're going to stay that way because it takes time to build up your team I mean, you're going to have to do drafts, unfortunately no drafts this year, but the only I think the only tip they have left is Curry, and if, if what I predict they're going to do is hang on to Curry, they won't trade him He's, well, he's already dropping already this year. He's not I an All Star.
2: Unfortunately, year. I got to run. But, Vince, as always, I love the passionate sports talk. Thanks for calling me up, man. Yeah, take care. Yeah, sorry, I got to get to the guest. And uh, it is Robert Carradine. He will be next right here on Sports Byline.
0: 800-211-6008. 6008 That's 800 6008
4: One out of two Americans thinks their life is worthy of a book. Here's another startling stat. You may be one of the 15% of people who bothered to start your book and one of the 6% that got halfway through it, but your gem of an idea likely died or did it.
9: Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com.
15: I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting
0: is bad.
8: Why can't you say?
10: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
2: Welcome back to Sports Byline USA, coast to coast, border to border, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show acting veteran Robert Carradine. He has a brand new movie that's out now from Lionsgate called The Night They Came Home, and we will definitely be getting into that. But, Robert, I'm 58, and the first thing I thought of when I heard you were going to be on the show was the Cowboys because that came out when I was in grammar school and that had such an effect on me, all the little kids in that movie. And um, I don't know if a lot of people know that movie, but that had a huge effect on me.
22: Yeah. I've heard that from uh, people in the same age range as you, that it really, it really had a, a hard hitting impact on them. You know, the fact that these kids were out there actually herding a, uh, a herd of cattle.
2: Yeah, it, it made me scared of Bruce during the rest of my life, too.
22: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a very scary guy. I mean, he's he's not cool. <laughs> no, the truth of the matter is he's a total sweetheart. Down-to-earth, <laughs> kind. Yeah, Bruce is a
2: great guy. Now, there are probably a lot of other people who think, you know, nerds next, but the next thing I thought of, because I'm a huge war movie guy, is the Big Red One, and I, you were narrating it as you went through, because I guess it was based on a guy's book, but I just remember that line where you said, oh yeah, at West Point they said, if you want to know if there's a sniper, send the guy out and see if he gets shot. Right,
22: they thought that up at West Point. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Lee Marvin was a real veteran, though. Uh, I mean, he actually fought in the war. What was it like working with a guy like that?
22: It was absolutely incredible. I mean, the fact that, that he served as a Marine, and the director who wrote the script, Sam Fuller, he also served. He went from North Africa all the way to the concentration camps. He fought the whole war.
2: It's absolutely amazing. And let's talk about the new film then, and this is inspired by True Events, The Night They Came Home, and uh, it chronicles the ruthless exploits of the Rufus Buck Gang, and uh, this is a uh, a good old-fashioned uh, western. Can you tell us a little bit more about your part in this?
22: Well, my part is uh, I'm the local whiskey maker, and uh, the Rufus Buck Gang comes by my my shack and uh, I'm not sure what they want. I just assume it's some whiskey and uh, it doesn't take long for me to figure out that these are not very nice guys. I don't want to spoil the movie.
2: (laughs) Danny Trejo uh, is in this Brian Austin green uh, as well. And um, Danny Trejo is one of those guys. You just uh, see him and he just eats up the whole screen, doesn't he?
22: Oh yeah. He's not kidding.
2: <laughs> so for you, um, you know, you started off as I mentioned so young and all the T V shows that you did, do you ever turn are you ever changing channels one day and you forget that, oh yeah, I was in that.
22: Yeah, I mean people ask me this, that, and the other thing and it's like, Oh yeah, I was in that. Oh right, yeah, and no, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was in that. It's it, it, it kind of, it's a big, it's a big resume of stuff. So it's hard to keep it all straight.
2: You know, it's interesting too because I I didn't know this. I was just looking at your filmography, and my little brother, his favorite show in the 70s was Run Joe Run, and you were in that. Do you remember what you did in Run Joe Run? Which, by the way, people who don't know is about his German Shepherd.
22: Yeah, I don't even remember doing the show, to be honest with you.
2: <laughs> why is that, do you think? Because you were just so young and they just, I mean, you were doing shows nonstop. Is that why it kind of just all blends in together?
22: Yeah, I mean, it's, like you said, you're looking at the resume and it's, you know, it's over a hundred projects deep. Um, that's a lot of stuff to keep straight.
2: I would also think too. There are a lot of people, you know, uh, in the generation after me that the Lizzie McGuire thing, you know, with with you being the the dad, that probably. I mean, I know you remember that. You did a lot of Lizzie McGuire's. What was that like to kind of have a a different sort of renaissance to your career in that role?
22: Oh, I loved playing Hillary Duff's dad. Uh, she was a great kid. She's a great girl great great woman now uh with all her children and uh the kid that played my son jake thomas uh the gal that played my wife hallie todd it was a great experience i really uh i still kind of miss that show in terms of working on it because it was such a great set
2: the 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 Caradine dynasty if you like with you, you, with Keith and David and Michael and even your niece, Martha. Well, how did that all get going? Um, because it's not like you guys were born with these Hollywood silver spoons in your mouth, were you?
22: Not at all. And it's not like we were encouraged to go into the acting profession. But, uh, you know, looking back, uh, I remember when I sent my daughter Ever to college halfway through college, she said, Dad, I'm switching my major to drama. And I'm thinking, oh boy, you didn't have to go to college for that. I mean, come on. <laughs> and uh, she's had a heck of a career. She's on a hit show right now called The Handmaid's Tale.
2: Yeah. No, she, uh, she's really doing well. There's There's no doubt. And it's funny when you, when you talk about your daughter, you, I, I kind of think, you know, Oh, she's probably 20. Your daughter's a grown woman now. It's funny how time flies, isn't it?
22: Oh, absolutely. And I tell you, if you want to, if you want to see how old you are, just go hang out with your, with your grandkids.
2: (laughs) So uh, also for me, I just think about, you know, with, with uh, your brother David and, and Kung Fu and, you know kane and the the lessons that grasshopper was was told i don't think people really realize unless you're in my generation uh, how huge that was when we only had 3 channels and i mean the whole country watched kung fu oh yeah
22: that was a that was a biggie
2: that was a real biggie and then of course you know the nerd thing i'm i'm do you is it with great uh, you know, pride that people say, Hey, and they, you know, they call you out your name and, and whatever, or, or do you like say, ah, I want to move on from the nerd thing. Oh
22: no, I never want to move on from the nerd thing. I love the nerds.
2: You love the nerds, no doubt. So for this movie then, uh, are you, uh, in a, a place now where your agent is always throwing things at you or are you just sort of like more selective?
22: I don't know. It's sort of like a river, and it's always running by. And every now and then, when you drop a line in there, you catch something.
2: That's very interesting. So, for you, was there a, of all the things I mentioned, you know, all the the TV shows you did uh, through the '70s and '80s and '90s and all the movies you did, is there one that's kind of like, maybe didn't get the accolades, but you really really liked it?
22: Wow. Um, That's a hard question, because as as you were uh, building up to the question part, I was thinking about Coming Home, which Mm -hmm. was uh, a Hal Ashby film starring Jane Fonda and John Voight. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was definitely a turning point for me in my career. That was a real A-list movie. And I think it did pretty well. I know that... uh, those two both won the Academy Award, but that didn't
8: hurt.
2: I actually had the pleasure of interviewing John Void a week ago, and um it's wow. it's amazing. amazing yeah, it's amazing his uh recall of all the the things that he had done, and we talked about deliverance because like the cowboys deliverance i mean it, deliverance probably had a bit of effect on you as well, Robert
22: Oh yeah. What a great film, and what a great director, John Gorman.
2: Yeah, a knight of the realm.
22: Yes, exactly.
2: And speaking of directors, how about you being a kid and working with Scorsese? Like, can you still sort of hear him in your head?
8: Yeah, I
22: remember that uh, I had pretty long hair at the time, and I didn't want to cut it for a day's work because I was vain about my hair, of all things. So they had it tucked behind my collar. And all day long, his AC keeps asking people, does his hair look all right? Does this hair look all right to you? And uh, so when it came time for me to shoot my brother in the back, he was over my shoulder looking at my brother David. And uh, he said, okay, let's do it again. But this time, take the hair out from behind your collar. So I did it. And it's funny because when he... Talks to film students, and if he does, I'd like, I don't know, like he give he gets this question about that moment in the movie. What was the significance of the of the killer taking the hair out? Was that like a, a occult thing or something? What what's going on there? And uh, that's what was going on. He was just nervous about how my hair looked. There was no no hidden message. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. All right, we have been speaking with Robert Carradine. The new movie from Lionsgate is out now, brand new, inspired by true events. It's called The Night They Came Home. This is how the West was won. Robert, thanks for your time, and uh, congratulations on the uh, new film, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up down the road. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks for your time. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, and we will come on back right here on Sports Bio.
0: That's 800-278-1738. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trust Pilot, A R W Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. A R W Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Plus, A R W has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30 day money back guarantee. 800 867 6917. 800 867 6917. 800 867 6917. That's 800 867 6917.
4: President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact.
10: Rick Tittle can usually be found at He Baby Mama House.
2: All right, thank you for that and if you'd like to chime in, do it quickly. At 1-800-878-PLAY. So with the Cowboys losing so humiliatingly and depressingly for them, it was over early and they had to suffer through that, everyone was thinking, well, you know, Jerry Jones, he'll just go out and get Bill Belichick. And, uh, you know, Harbaugh apparently has already been talked to by the Chargers you don't really think of Bill Belichick as a West Coast guy. The Washington, D.C. thing, if you think about the new owner and the salary cap and the third overall pick, and he's from Annapolis, that that made sense. But the one that I didn't really give a lot of thought to was the Falcons. So the earlier today, um, people were reporting that Bill Belichick was getting on Arthur Blank's yacht. Yeah, he's the owner of Home Depot and the Falcons. Never you know, never discount uh, a rich guy getting what he wants. So interesting. That means there's mutual interest. Bill Belichick doesn't, you know, guy doesn't walk on the lot if he doesn't want to buy the car. Bill Belichick doesn't go on his yacht if he's not interested in listening, at least to the Falcons, what they have to say. And you think about that team, they have a big, beautiful new stadium. They have a rich owner, but, you know, the quarterback thing has not worked out with them, with uh, Des Ritter. Uh, and then, of course, Arthur Blank said last week, we're glad we didn't try to get Lamar Jackson. You're glad? Um, but so they, the rumors were all about that. And then the Falcons gladly, proudly tweeted out, we have interviewed Bill Belichick for our head coach opening. And then it said, head coach interview, Bill Belichick, with a picture of him. <laughs> so I can tell you who that scares more than anyone. And his name is, of course, now Jerry Jones. Um, just the fact that Arthur Blank could might have said something very convincing. Like, you know, I, whoever's in the front office doesn't matter. Whoever's on the field doesn't matter. You can... Do this in your own image, my Lord. You can do whatever you want. I'll hand you the keys. I'll pay you three times what they paid you in New England. I will make it an obscene amount of money. John Gruden got $100 million for 10 years. I'll give you $100 million for three. That's right. I'll give you $33.3 million. I mean, he you could say something like that. And Bill Belichick might say, I only want to coach five more years. All right, well, let's make it $150 million for five years. What's he supposed to say then? Nah, I'm good. I mean, he has enough money. He doesn't need to say yes. But, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I don't think a lot of us thought the Falcons would be a player. But, you know, this, of course, could be just to drive the leverage up in Dallas. We will see. Thanks for coming on and listening to the show. We'll do it tomorrow at 9 a.m. Back time right here on Sports Byline.